From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, good to be back with you, and we're back with another familiar face and a good friend uh, with us today. Uh, it's great to be back, as always, Steve, and uh, he dropped a lot of great knowledge about HEPMA last episode, and it's great to have Joe Way back and see what he has to give us this time. So welcome, Joe. For those who haven't listened to our previous episode, uh, Joe Way is with USC, and please uh, tune back in to episode 53. You can learn a lot about uh, Joe's background as well as HEPMA, the Higher Ed Technology Manager Alliance, I believe. And uh, we, we talked a lot about that and building community, but welcome, Joe. And we'll, we're going to talk a little bit more about your role at USC. Great. No, thank you very, very much for having me. Yes, I am the, for those who didn't listen to the last one, which is shame on you, you should go back and listen to the last one. I'm the director of learning environments at the University of Southern California here in beautiful, sunshiny palm tree, Los Angeles, uh, and uh, overseeing the design, installation, support, and programming teams. Uh, for our 500 plus ish uh, general use spaces across the enterprise. What a lead in. So what we wanted to talk to you about today, Joe, which is we think is really um, admirable is how you have been able to do some really groundbreaking work with USC and, um, and, and do some things that are outside the box with programming and programmers that may have come a little bit unconventional, but um, talk about how you uh, have interfaced with programmers successfully and, and what, what, did, what did that look like and how, how, did, how did that work? Because we, we've talked a lot in this, on the show about some of those challenges and, and the differences between management and programming. And um, I'm sure that you have some great stories to share with us. Yeah. You know, boy, it, th this is an interesting one because I am not a programmer at all. And I won't pretend to be, nor play one on television, um, because I couldn't even understand what you guys do. To me, you know, C sharp is a note on a musical scale, not a programming language, right? And so I think the key is, and, and we have done a lot at USC, and, you know, I'm really proud of our what we have done, because we moved from a traditional legacy hardware-based platform to fully software cloud AV over IP technologies, where if we had a software version or a server or a cloud version of something, um, we did it as opposed to a hardware version. Um, and, but here's the thing. I had that vision that I wanted to do that, um, but I'm not a programmer, right? I just knew that's the direction that we're moving in. That's why if you're going to be a programmer right now, you are in a great place because we know this is not just a direction of AV. It's a direction of the world, Right. And so as we I decided that I wanted to make that our vision, I had to bring in people who knew how to do it because I don't. And so working with the with our programmers, kind of the key to success is trust. And me presenting my vision, but them the space to fulfill it. Right. I always saw myself as a leader that I, I can either tell someone how to do something or I can give them a framework for what I want the result to be and not tell them how to do it. Just tell them this is the goal you have to get to, right? And I think that that's what's been successful is our partners who have brought in, all the, the programmers on the staff who, who also have bought into the vision and love the challenge for it, right? Because it's exciting. What, the things I see them doing 
is just crazy. It blows my mind. And I've gotten more respect for programmers since I decided to move to a software server cloud-based ecosystem than I ever had before in my life. And so it's pretty cool to say, and I don't even know if I answered your question, but there you go. Well, I'm sure we can get into some more detail with it, but it, but I think what you just said is the important part is that you provided the inspiration and the direction, but you got their buy-in and you made it, I think, fun and interesting and challenging. And, and that's not always for everybody, but it sound, sounds like you found the right people that could really fulfill that vision, but also took ownership and found it to be something that, that really inspired them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, James, uh, maybe you want to, um, step in a little bit here and talk, talk a little bit about, you know, what, what we have, um, expressed in the past about, you know, how, how programmers are wired a little bit differently and how we, um, kind of need to understand what buttons to push and what not to push, um, successfully when it comes to, 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 uh, programmers and, and how somebody with uh, a little bit different Bit, bit of a personality or not understanding could, could really rub somebody the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Steve. So what I, I going off of that, like you were saying you got their trust or you trust them um, as a manager who, or a supervisor, like you said, you don't know programming. It's nothing you, you undertook before, but you had this vision. And so how did you know why you were giving them the framework and giving them the trust of what you wanted to do, that they were actually following through with that vision and how you get that buy-in? That's what I find very interesting in. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was also blessed. I got to kind of pick my team. So I would say that I picked people over skills. I don't know if that's good or bad in the programming world. I don't. Um, uh, because I also had a thing, you know, when I was pulling in the team and I was blessed to be able to do that, um, I really said to everyone, look, you know, I knew what, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I'm not so far out of it that I don't know what Crestron programming is. And I don't know that I don't know Extron programming. Like I know enough that these are the certifications you need to show that you've got to a certain level. Right. But it was also, well, do you have that extra kind of quote unquote, full stack. Do you understand these other things that I don't even really know, but I know it's a good buzzword and I'll throw it around. And if you like go ahead, that sounds good to me. But what I really wanted was people who believed in what we were doing, because I can send you to class to learn the other languages. We also have student workers. I mean, we've got it. We've got five or six student workers who are master's levels, computer science people who can go and drop the code in every day. Like they, they do this stuff in their sleep. Right. And so I think that was more about saying, I want us to do something special. I'm going to trust that you know what you need to do. If you don't, then you just come to me. I mean, I was inventing a system that didn't exist. So I couldn't expect that the people I was hiring actually were experts in it. I needed them to understand how we, the buy-in that it's the customer that's important. What's the end goal? We'll all figure out how to get to the end goal. I can get you the resources to get to the end goal. But are we, can we get on the train together? And like when I was hiring the programmers, I said, look, uh, part of what we're doing isn't just about, and in fact, I actually remember saying this when I hired my most recent programmer. I said, if you're sitting there eight hours a day and just coding 
then we're not doing something right. I need at least one third of your time being research and development. I want you out there just doing crazy stuff. I want you challenging us. I want, to, I want you playing around. I want you pushing the envelope and have fun with this. Is one, you know, so is a third of it going to be this room went down I got to redeploy it and I got to push code? Sure. Is a third of it writing a module or doing whatever for this or this? Sure. But that other third, that's where we're going to keep pushing the envelope. Because once you get on top, we got to stay on top. And I think that's really what draws the excitement. If I talk about my programmers, that it's not just they show up, they sit in a, at a desk and we're going to code until my shift is over, right? It's always pushing the limit of, of what can we do with it? Now that it's there, what else can we do? Um, you know, and I know that as a, you know, if you're, you know, if you're working for a company that you're paid just to deploy systems, well, maybe you don't get that same, you know, uh, freedom, but there is a sense of, you know, talking to your boss. So your, you know, if I'm, if I want to give advice to a programmer, go talk to your boss, talk, you know, here's what they're looking at. They're looking at what can they buy, sell next. Okay. Plain and simple. They want to know what they can sell next. Get that, push the limit. Tell them, like, look, this is the direction things are going in. Let's get these skills. Let's try these because we can provide better service. And that's more you can end up selling and keep pushing your own limit. And I think that that's what does it. And then finding where, you know, finding that, you know, that cohesion between your management and yourself. I think, I mean, that, that can be very inspiring and very, very much uh, pique a lot of people's interests. Um, how do you feel? that your team improves other than that? Do you, do you, are they using resources internally to do that? Do they look outside? We're always looking to find how, how does our community grow and, and, and get better? Uh, yeah, uh, I have no idea. You know, I, 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 I have a P card and when they need to buy things, they go buy it. Um, that's uh, pretty much how we do it. Um, because because here's the thing, as a leader, I, I don't know what you need. In fact, I don't know this from the top down. All I, you know, I, I view myself as, as a director. My job is simply to open doors. I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but I'm going to open a door for you to do it well. And so as long as we have a relationship where you can come to me to tell me what you need, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to trust you until you prove me that I, to me that I shouldn't trust you. Right. Um, and I, and I don't know, and maybe, maybe that's naive, but it's just, it, it's my management. It's my management style. Cause I can't tell you, I'm not in, I'm not in your realm. Right. Sure. I, I think that management style works for you. Um, it sounds, I mean, as a programmer, that's kind of style I would like. I'm sure. I would love to hear from our listeners if that's the kind of style you guys like, or do you like it more, you know, sit at my desk and program this eight hours a day. But I know me personally, I, I would love to get out there and push the envelope. And I mentioned this no, numerous times on the episode. I have side projects I'm always working on, either personally or for work. So definitely, uh, I think that's a good management style for programmers, but I want to hear from our listeners. I would agree. I, I, I think that, that some are cut out for that and some may not be. 
um, and, and maybe you've gotten very lucky, uh, you know, have you had any that you've um, felt have struggled in, in that type of environment? Um, you know, I've been blessed that I can actually see how that would be a struggle because I am very much a hands-off person. I just am. Um, I am a visionary. I don't think that's normal management. Normal management is very, here's your task for the day. And I'm going to be on top of you until that task is done. Um, but I also in higher ed don't bill by the hour. I just need the project done. So there's a big difference. If you're working for an integrator or something, or you're working for a manufacturer where your job is to put something out and get this gun and get this, this, uh, dev deployment out. Well, they're counting how many minutes it's taking you to do that, right? That, that costs the company something I'm not in that situation. So I can have a little bit more freedom with that. Um, that said, I do know we've had some student workers who we've had to, you know, kind of let go because they, that, you know, you know, like, yeah, we're doing research and development. You mean you hung out at the, the fraternity house all night, right? Um, but, you know, that's a rarity. And also, thankfully, the manager underneath me is the complete opposite of me. And he is a on people to make sure there's deliverables. So it also is a yin and a yang, right? I think that that's actually was going to be one of my questions is, you know, what, what does that look like in terms of accountability and how do you measure success? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the key is to me, success is, um, and this sounds weird. I don't get emails of people complaining, which is fair. I think it comes down to that, right? If we're providing a best in class service and I'll know, because trust me, I will hear it because people love the CC, the director. Okay. Um, I will know if we are not having problems and I will know. And my boss will know because people love to CC the CIO, right. On stuff that doesn't even matter. Um, so I think that that's, you know, for better or worse, it's, it's kind of how I can look at whether or not we're on target. And also I think it's the inspire when we knock something out and we bring in a new feature set, I also want to celebrate the people who did it, right? Celebrate the programmers and go, look, this is what this team just delivered. This is amazing. I remember when we, we ended up, you know, bringing out our entire touchless and voice control and we did our own kind of uh, pre-configuration model. They created a website where you can go in and drop down and then it pulls out, it deploys the JSON file just by selecting which model of projector and this thing. And then you select this and it, well, I'm like going, that's just freaking crazy. That is awesome. You know, I don't, you, that actually might be computer science 101. I have no idea, or it may be computer science master's level. I have no idea, but I will tell you that that's cool. And I will tell you that our faculty love how you just improved their workflow and made it simple for you. So let's celebrate that. You know, well, I mean, one that's a mark of a great leader, and the second is is how can we get more of those types of success stories made visible? Because I think that's really what makes this community uh, show, grow and and also um, take pride in what they do. Because what you just described is not what AV programming one hundred and one. It may be computer science one hundred and one, but it's not AV programming one hundred and one. And it's and it that's really where the power of programming exists. And, and I think that's the part that our industry doesn't appreciate as much where we, 
we do things that actually save time, save money, create efficiency, allow you to manage when you're getting to large scale deployments, uh, really wrap your arms around a, a code base versus having 500 individual programs, which I'm sure as even for somebody who doesn't do this, can really, can, you can understand the barrier that that would be to, uh, to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think there is a lot of opportunities for, for people. I mean, I, I, I sit there and I can't help but to think about, you know, the, the programmers and, and to go back to what you said, the future of our industry is in traditional programming languages, mm-hmm. right? I don't think that I, I, I don't think I'm being um, like controversial in saying that, Um I think it's taken a while for our industry to realize it, that we are no longer proprietary AV and, uh, uh, languages. Um, and so the more we go there and share those skills and develop those skills, the better off we're going to be. Now, I don't know if average AV programmer came through not having to ever learn traditional programming. And if that means there's a change that has to come, I don't know. It's not the realm I'm in. But I think there's a lot that we can do and that we can then show our value beyond our small circle. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity for um, just, you know, from scalability to, um, you know, interoperability to all of these things are are more possible once we've gotten outside of the ecosystem and into what the world is actually doing and the way it's going. And, uh, and I think there's a value and I think that our industry is coming along to it. I think they're getting there, you know, or at least it's moving that direction. Yeah, I agree. I think um, our industry is starting to go that route. They're definitely dragging their heels. I always feel AV likes to dig their heels in, but uh, we are moving that way. And I agree. I think the common computer languages is the next phase Um getting out there and uh, the HTML5 and the Python and using the common languages that are lightweight and can run on any device. You're not tied down to a manufacturer. We've talked about this a bit. And and if anybody knows me, you know that I've been preaching this for some time that, that we have to start to break down those walls that have limited AV systems. So I'm, I couldn't be any more behind that. Um, I do think though, to answer your question, Joe, and I think it would be a good thing to hear from our audience is what, what is your background and how did you come to being an AV programmer? Because, um, everybody really has a different angle. Some came, came up the technician route. Some came from um, IT, some came from engineering, some came from computer science, and each one of them has a different perspective and, and being able to understand the, the true fundamentals of software development and, and, uh, and programming um, from a computer science perspective, I think is very different than learning it from any of the other ways. So I think that that actually is a good point to bring up and be curious to hear what the audience has to say about that. Well, I think that's probably a good place to end this conversation, but I'd be really glad to continue um, to follow the journey, uh, Joe, of your team and to to continue to uh, 
hear about those successes and, and celebrate the, the uh, programmers that you've uh, brought on. And, and um, I, I think it, it's a testament to what programmers can bring to an organization. Um, how can people learn more about you, uh, learn about HETMA as well as USC and some of the things you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find me on all the socials at Josiah Way. So at Josiah on all, all the socials, of course, Hetma, Hetma underscore org for if you work in higher ed, please do reach out, connect. Um, and then if you want to learn more about USC, um, it's usc.edu forward slash spaces is our little a website. You can connect or reach out to me and I will connect you with the people who uh, actually can speak to this rather than just me. And, and you really should. I encourage it. It's, uh, if, you, if you really want to get some cool uh, insight, please do that. James, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're up to and uh, continue the conversation? Oh, yeah. As always, you can get me on Twitter, AB underscore James King. I write for the Digital Higher Ed Magazine, a uh, IT and AV column that comes out monthly. I'm on, I'm on the interwebs. You'll find me. And uh, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. You can uh, read about my writing on AV Network uh, as well as uh, my, my company blog at controlconcepts.net. Um, you can also hear me on uh, another podcast called The State of Control on avnation.tv. Uh, but mostly we would like to hear from you. So please uh, reach out to us and let us know what you think. Um, we, we enjoy changing things up here and we want to bring you good guests, bring you good stories and continue to speak to what is important to programmers and, and build this community. If you're not already aware, you can get this podcast on Apple and Google podcasts as well as on YouTube. And uh, we would love a comment or a share that would mean the world to us. So please uh, do so. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer. <laughs>